Hey, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. We appreciate all you do every day. People who work in pharmacy make positive change possible, something Altimed understands. Altimed's Pen Needle AltiGuard Safe Pack helps people in pharmacy fulfill their roles as leaders for their patients and in their communities. AltiGuard Safe Pack Pen Needles are an FDA cleared product that provides 100 premium pen needles in a sharps container, all in one convenient package system. When you dispense the AltiGuard Safe Pack, you protect families and your community from sharps injuries and you remove medical waste from the environment. To learn more, visit altiguardsafepack.com forward slash podcast. That's altiguardsafepack.com forward slash podcast. When you dispense the AltiGuard Safe Pack, you choose positive change. Hi, my name is Benala Sarami. I'm the host to the Pharmacogenomics for Pharmacists podcast on one of the largest pharmacy podcast network. When I was a student in pharmacy school, I was doing research with Washington University, going to people's homes that are age over 65 who are homebound, looking at all their medications. And I realized all these patients are on the same medications, but they have different side effects or advantages to them. So when I stumbled upon pharmacogenomics, I realized that was the missing piece of why everyone was acting different with the medication. It's all genetic. So I'm a pharmacogenomics coach and I'm also a medical science liaison for a pharmacogenomics company. I create content on pharmacogenomics, educating providers and sales rep to provide more information on the value of pharmacogenomics and implementation of that piece. If you're looking for a pharmacogenomics coach, I can be reached on LinkedIn and also to listen on PGX for Pharmacists podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and all the social media platforms as well. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Why are pharmacists one of the best? if not the best in my opinion, although I'm biased because I'm pharmacist number one fan. And that is as critical thinkers, as problem solvers, this positions pharmacists to have an, an amazing opportunity as an entrepreneur. And health systems need that. Uh, primary care partnerships and collaborations, they need that. Community pharmacies need this. PBMs and new payment models and the way that we are shifting how pharmacists and how uh, prescriptions are being paid. I think of Kyle McCormick, Dr. McCormick, PharmD out of Western Pennsylvania. Blueberry Pharmacy is his pharmacy. He is an entrepreneur. He built that pharmacy from the ground up. He takes no insurance, zero. It's cash-based. He's making a living out of it. Everyone told him he was crazy. Everyone told him, many of them told him that in the beginning that he couldn't do it. And sure enough, he's doing it. And it's not easy. It's it's very hard. It's work. If you're an entrepreneur, it's always work. Take it from me. I've jumped off the entrepreneurial cliff in 2019 after building the uh, pharmacy podcast publication for 10 years. So I staged for 10 years before I went all in because I needed to feed my family. I needed to have money month after month. My name's Todd Yuri. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, largest podcast in the world dedicated to the profession in business of pharmacy. And I'm welcoming back 
Dr. George Zorich. He is a 1978 graduate and CEO of Zed Pharma. And he is one of my favorite leaders in pharmacy because of the way that he thinks. He's taking things that he remembers from the past in the business of pharmacy and fusing them to the entrance of a new way of thinking in pharmacy. Welcome back, George. How are you? Great, Todd. Great to be here. So your book, which was released in 2017, which was Entrepreneurs in Pharmacy and Other Leaders, was kind of a catalyst for a bunch of organizations and consultancies and people that are now up and running. But I can't believe how much has changed since 2017. It's almost as if we almost have to have a refreshed version of your book, which is why I'm trying to collect as much audio content from you and your, your mind as possible. But why are pharmacists best positioned to address some of the most pressing issues in healthcare? Well, that's a great question, Todd. I, I think pharmacy is really poised for that because of their broad education. They, they are, I, I think pharmacists are, Number one, they're smart, they're science-oriented, process-oriented. But they, they have this ability to, to see, a, see a problem and develop answers for it, I think, really well. And, and not unlike engineers and, and some MBA students that I see all the time. So I, I think they're just really well-positioned. And then when you look at, at what they could do in healthcare, whether it's insurance companies, pharma companies, PBMs, public health, national health systems, pharmacists get it. They see all the problems that are out there. Now, now here's the warning I'll give you though. Pharmacists are positioned to be phenomenal problem solvers for society. But we have to get more pharmacists thinking that's where I need to go. That's what I can do. And that's how I can help get away from this mentality of residencies only, hospital pharmacy only. And, you know, I'll work at big box retail. Uh, we've got to get away from that mentality. There's too much talent in pharmacy to keep it in those segments. So we don't, we don't really shout out to the 311,000 pharmacists that are out there and saying, hey, entrepreneurship is, an on, and being an entrepreneur is for you. That's not what I'm saying. And that's, I don't think that's what you're saying either, George. What I am saying is aspects of the entrepreneur's mind, if you're an entrepreneur in your mind, you think differently because it's a, it's a don't tell me what I can't do attitude based on the status quo. It's a rebellion from the status quo because you see that the status quo is not fixing issues. It's not supporting issues. It's not helping a specific problem that you've experienced and you've seen happen over and over and over again. So an entrepreneur sprouts up from the ground, the seeds of their experience, the seeds that are their knowledge of the issue, and they come out and they grow something that's never been done before in their own way. You can do that without having to leave a, a position or a job if you can get those organizations to absorb what you know to help 
alleviate the issue or as you and I were talking before we started recording, George, build something on the side as you work your full-time job in order to incubate that idea, to prepare it for full launch. And that's kind of what I want to jump in with you today is some of the advisement and experiences that you've had in your own life and how you've became an entrepreneur yourself from corporate America. What's your advice to pharmacists out there right now listening that say, I do have an idea. I do have something that I want to launch. You know, what, what are, what are the steps that I take to get there? It's the same. It's the same thing that I would constantly say to, to students in the entrepreneurship course and the entrepreneurship club that I established with Beth Martin at the University of Wisconsin School of Pharmacy. Get to know the basics of how to build a business from A to Z. Go through a, a, an example of an idea from beginning to end. And then go out into the world and go, go work in that hospital, work retail, pay off some debt, go work in big pharma. Go work somewhere and absorb everything that you can. And then in three years or five years or seven or 10 years, there's no timetable that it has to be. When that idea comes to that person, to that pharmacist of here's how I can solve a healthcare problem, I think you're better, better uh, prepared for it, you're, you're poised for it. And you can start to do that even part-time as, as you were mentioning, Todd. So I think that's, that's maybe a game plan that could work for every student right now and every young pharmacist really within 10 years of graduation. So what's the common thread among these pharmacist entrepreneurs that have made them successful? And that is pharmacists like Sue Paul that we cherish and both know and, and how she's built Medipreneurs, uh, which we've supported and we're a media partner for that event. But what's that common thread among these pharmacists? I think one is that they always want to help people. Number one, it goes back to if, if, I, if I talk to 100 pharmacists, there's a good chance a, a very large percentage are about helping customers or helping patients or helping in some way. And I think the Sue Pauls of the world and Michelle Fritches with Metapreneurs, they saw a need of how do we help other pharmacists jump onto the entrepreneurship bandwagon? And how can we do that based on what we've learned and how do we, how do we instruct them? And then they, they formed entrepreneurs and I think it's been going on four or five years and it's, it's been very successful. Those are the kind of ways. What, one way, Todd, is, you know, I, I wrote that book because I wanted to give a roadmap to our pharmacy instructors out there, our pharmacy professors, but also the students that might have an interest in entrepreneurship. And I, I was struck by such a commonality with many of these entrepreneurs. And if, if anything, it was, it was simply their hard work and their passion for pharmacy. That stuck out every time. I think of um, the up-and-coming entrepreneurial-focused pharmacists who were tired of the status quo, as I said, and thinking of Dr. Jamie Wilkie, who started out as a functional wellness pharmacist 
she became certified in pharmacogenomics of understanding how to apply PGX to her medication uh, therapy management reviews. And because of this success that she had for herself, she saw a way of taking that knowledge, uh, packetizing it, putting it into a, um, a, a course, and now she's helping other pharmacists build their businesses um, and, and that's like the, the next gen in, in where we're going of how pharmacists can leverage that consultancy and that knowledge, even in their own, um, their own cities, their own communities. How many primary care physicians do you know in your local community? If you're a pharmacist listening right now, continuing to grow your network of, of primary care, of pediatrics, of healthcare specialists, oncologists, that you can build a business from when the time is right, that's part of this. Networking is a huge part of, of success as an entrepreneur, as a pharmacist. I think of you know the, the degree that, that these pharmacists have and the intensity of that uh, six, uh, eight, you know, 12 years of, of education. So, why do you consider the pharmacy degree a limitless degree, which this is kind of pulling from your book originally and the concept that you have. So why do you consider that a, a limitless degree? Mainly because I felt that way. So many in the industry I had met in 30 plus years felt that way. Yet the pharmacy schools weren't feeling that way. So the book got written simply to say, I'm going to profile 10 entrepreneurs, and it goes back to your point, Todd. If I did it today, I could have made it 30 entrepreneurs. I could have made it 50 pharmacy entrepreneurs. After the book, I've, I just ran into so many other entrepreneurial pharmacists that I shortchanged so many of them. So I, quite frankly, I apologize for that. But I focused on 10, and then I, 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 I thought, we don't even do a good job of using this pharmacy degree as a springboard. So I'm gonna profile 30 different careers that one could take with a pharmacy degree, yet they don't get talked about in pharmacy school. So it was pharmacy entrepreneurs, in-depth stories about them, and then shorter stories about 30 pharmacy leaders that took that degree and used it as a springboard to all sorts of you know, interesting things that never get talked about in pharmacy school. So. To me, it is. It's limitless. And once again, I always say it's 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 like an engineering degree. It's like a uh, an MBA. Uh, it's a, like an accounting degree or finance degree. You don't necessarily have to go into finance if you have that degree. You could end up in private equity or work for Goldman Sachs, or you could do all sorts of things. In pharmacy, it's the same way. Of course, you can do a residency, work in a hospital, work in a big box retailer. But there's a hundred other jobs you could take also that just don't get talked about enough. And that's the whole idea of the book. So we have multitudes of opportunities springing from disease state specifically. Um, you could become a specialist in a very specific disease state, for example, sickle cell, and how that's so complex, how that there's a pain there's a pain portion of that disease. I've talked with uh, Dr. William 
Amarque several times about this, and he's a huge Twitter advocate for uh, for pain management. He's been on several of our series about pain management. A pharmacist that understands that, that could dig down into that disease state specifically and then reach out to sicklecell101.com, which is an amazing organization of, of sickle cell experts, and now become a sickle cell expert, write about it, podcast about it, make videos about it. You'll never want for um, you know, work again because you'll be, you'll be, you know, you'll be sought out by physicians and by, you know, people that are 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 looking at solutions for their patients around that specific disease state. Now amplify that by 10, 20, 30, 100 different conditions that are out there. A pharmacist has to be a specialist in something and the accessibility of the knowledge that they have based on the direct medications that are impacting that disease state, as well as the ancillary and supplement um, uh, medications and over-the-counter and vitamins and nutrition and the entire package. It's not just about the execution of the one medication that you're prescribed for that specific uh, you know, uh, chronic disease that you're that you're facing as a patient. It's the entire life. It's the 360 degree of the patient that the that the specialist, the pharmacist specialist, could really become the 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 main source of 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 treatment once executed by the physician. Therein lies if I if you made that into a blueprint for entrepreneurs. How many goodness gracious, George? How many you know? entrepreneur uh, business models could we pull just out of that one idea of becoming the expert within that disease state within your community? Yeah, I think realistically, there, there, there are dozens, and it could be, you know, 50, it could be 100. And that's, that's why actually, I, I put some free content on my, my website at www.zpharma.com. That is three tutorials on entrepreneurship. And one of them is setting up your own MTM business. So once again, it's free content, but it's what I taught at the School of Pharmacy at Wisconsin. And it, it touches on what you just said, Todd. Pharmacy talks about medication therapy management, but wouldn't it be great if we could get a thousand of the 12 to 14,000 graduates every year, really starting to think about how they could hang a shingle and be experts in nutrition or hypertension or diabetes care, or you said sickle cell, but it could be oncology, it could be pain management. It's unlimited. It could be multiple, scler multiple sclerosis. Yep. It could be all sorts of different autoimmune diseases. Pharmacists are uniquely positioned to be able to run with this. No one else can really do this and, and do it really well. And I think pharmacists are poised perfectly and, and it may have to be a cash paying business at some point. Early on, it might have to be. But there may be reimbursement depending on what state you're in. But one, I think, has to go into it, assuming I can build a business model. And eventually, I'm going to get paid a fair amount for what I'm, I'm doing. And it might have to be, once again, it might have to be cash pay in the beginning. But that's okay. You have to go in with that. That's that's maybe why you have to do it as a side hustle initially. So a 
a formerly trained doctor of pharmacy had a unique advantage. Uh, he also received his MBA in entrepreneurship before enrolling in pharmacy school. And he had commented that it really opened his eyes into the opportunities of how the fusion of business and pharmacy created uh, opportunities for him. Uh, this is a Dr. Cohen uh, Kakar PharmD, and this is an article I'm going to put in our show notes that came from entrepreneurial or entrepreneur.com, and it's an article that that he wrote about his experience. Uh, trans uh, initially thinking he was going into one of the traditional roles of a pharmacist. He was thinking of health system. He was thinking of community retail, and then because he had his MBA in place, and it kind of got his his brain uh, thinking outside the box, he um, he put it into practice as a as a pharmacist and started working with uh, pain management specialists, anesthesiologists. Um, started started asking uh, lots of uh, questions uh, to these to these people about the the gaps in care and how, as a pharmacist with his degree, he could help fill those gaps. And he never went into to a traditional role. So imagine coming out of school and becoming a consultant pharmacist and, and launching your own business um, you know, from, from that. Is it possible? Yes. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Can you do it without a network? No, you can't. Um, you, you, you can't. You, you have to have a network. But is it possible? Yes, it is. It is possible. So if, if you're listening right now and, and if you just want some ideas, um, you know, I, I want to introduce you to people that I've networked with myself. That's all I've done um, since 1996 when I entered um, business myself in the auto industry and then in 2004 in, in pharmacy technology and that, that network continued to grow. And it's been my basis for everything that I've done is being able to leverage that network and, and, and stop having to feel like you were chasing and just being, and when I put out content, George, I had people reaching out to me for a multitude of different reasons of things that I was talking about. And that's really our mission is, is to put great content out there, but also use it as education, but then use it as a source of networking so that pharmacists that want to grow their own practice or their own technology platform, their own app or something um, that they can interconnect. You know, there are some amazing pharmacists out there forming all sorts of different business models. And I don't think this should surprise anyone, though, because we, we come from a, a profession that used to have what we called independent drugstores, community pharmacies, and those truly were entrepreneurial people. It's only with the advent of more people wanting to go into hospital and big box retail becoming so strong over the last 30 years that we got away from those entrepreneurial roots. Yet it's, it's really part of what this profession was from day one. It was very entrepreneurial. Then we went into a 30-year lapse of being less entrepreneurial, but we need to co go back and, and find that again. And I think MTM is a big way of doing it. And then after that, it becomes work for three, five, seven, 10 years and absorb everything you see and you will see all sorts of opportunities to solve the healthcare problem. 
with a business model. Guaranteed. Well, I always enjoy having you on. We have to continue to vet out the entrepreneurial pharmacists and encourage them by interconnecting to other pharmacists that have executed on business plans, but then other organizations that are supporting uh, pharmacists as entrepreneurs. I think of Diversify RX, which was started by an entrepreneur herself, uh, Dr. Lisa Fast, and uh, her commitment to community pharmacists, but also consultant pharmacists. And the, uh, the, the organization that she formed had their very first annual event about two or three months ago, and now they're going to embed uh, the concepts of that event into the NCPA's annual conference. Um, and if you attended that conference and we spent time together, uh, please remember to follow up with uh, people like uh, Dr. Fast and Diversify RX because that can be a, a starting point, that can be a launching point for the ideas that you have as a entrepreneur, as a pharmacist that realizes that there's something missing that you can bring to the table. And just being around other people that think that way, George, is is a it's like a it's like starting a fire. It's it's adding, you know, fuel to that fire to, to keep it going, because I need to be surrounded by people who um, who aren't, you know, on the sidelines complaining that the industry is is horrible. You go on the Reddit site, uh, Reddit dot com forward slash pharmacy. And it's like. 80%, 90% of that content that, that's being written out there, it's 100% negative. And it's just like, it's not where I want to be. I mean, I understand the challenges. I'm not putting my head in the sand based on what we know has happened with the three biggest PBMs hijacking our industry and much of you know what's taken place in today's state of pharmacy. But I also see more changes in the last 18, 24, and 36 months than I've ever seen before uh, starting in pharmacy 17 years ago. And we need more. We need, we need for that growth to continue. And uh, I think this is a great forum to, to help with that. Other things that you've mentioned all sorts of them, but even, even ones like the Metapreneurs Group meeting this weekend, just an excellent way to get energized and look at new ideas and hang out with people that are high energy and just want to do something new and different and help patients, help customers, all, all within that pharmacy umbrella. So thanks, Todd. You're very welcome. George, it's always great having you on the show. Um, if people want to reach out to you, I'm going to have links to your uh, information on LinkedIn. Uh, George Zorich, um, it's always a pleasure talking with you and I thank you so much. Always, Todd. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Thank you.